this week in car audio. Audio. Tune in. Tune in. Tune in. We'll be talking about bass. Talking about chips. Talking about rings. You ain't got them. Zip your lip. You got a problem you ever found? Check your grounds. The show about to start. Start. Tune in. Tune in. Tune in. Tune in. Tune in. Tune in. Tune in, tune in, tune in, tune in, tune in, tune in. This week in car audio. audio. Yeah, yeah. Tune in, tune in, this week in car audio. Welcome to This Week in Car Audio with your host, the judge, Doug Stockton, co hosted by movie sensation video game entrepreneur he's the he's the guy he's all over the place if you want to see the famous guy go to go want to go to the red carpet mr jeffrey fernandez how's it going jeffrey good 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 swell day today how how you doing doug i'm still alive you guys can't see i'm still sharing to the uh multiple groups here we're trying to get this out to as many people as we can. Also, if you guys are watching, please help like and share this with as many people as you can. That will get us out here. I see Moses Alejandre. This is Lord of Base Manny is what he says. Son. Uh, oh, it's his son. It's uh, oh, Lord of cool. Base Manny's son. He's in there. Um, and our guest this week, for you guys that don't know the uh, figure right there at the bottom middle of your screen. That is Mr. Bobby Gately with Gately Audio. How's it going, Bobby? It's going good, sir. Just answering uh, a little email while you were doing the introduction there. <laughs> but uh, it's going good. We're here at the shop. Uh, been at it all day and uh, got uh, got the call from me earlier to jump on the show with you guys. So here we are. That's awesome. Oops. That's my fault. I had my. We got Chris Jenner popping in there. Tiffany Paris from Barbados watching a little bit. Um, we got. Oh, that's all I see on that one there. And like I said, uh, Tristan uh, from Barbados also on the uh, uh, YouTube side. All right, Bobby. Uh, let's start off by just talking a little bit about Autorama. So, out of nowhere last week, I get a call um, from John Buck. He is the promoter for Autorama. He's the guy who uh, runs the whole event. And he says, hey, are you ready to come back to Autorama? And I'm like, hell yeah. Um, <laughs> for people that don't know, uh, you're going to learn. So you're going to see what this is. So, Bobby, uh, with you and your experience at Autorama, can you tell us a little bit uh, your memories or whatever, um, your thoughts on the event of Autorama? Yeah, shoot. Uh what I, I started uh, sponsoring the event with you in 0708. Is that right? Somewhere in there. Yeah. And in those first few years, we had a nice big turnout and, and it was a pretty, a pretty large scale event. Lots of people out there having a really good time, but then somewhere 11 or 12, it nope. turned into the biggest event. Oh, anywhere it was huge and, and we there'd be freaking 100 plus competitors it was bigger than finals you know uh, especially the local ones you know the ones back east would be a little larger scale but man it was pretty amazing i remember you know police coming out and there's demo vehicles that's the first time i saw vehicles that were just kind of demo vehicles was that autorama and it was you know 
it was a it was a sight to see you know like these guys are driving with their trucks with the doors open and the first time i'd ever seen stunt walls and all this stuff that's you know all over the place now but uh uh that you know it was like wow what the heck are those guys doing that's wild you know right so, yeah um let's see so 2007 was audio express yeah. um ooh april Whoa, that was the pizza taste off. I'm trying to look back here. Uh, there we go. Autorama, Audio Express in 2005. Um, but I believe you were like one of my very first. 2004? Nope, that's Tricked Out Speed Show. So you must have been 2008-ish. Yeah, I think it was 2008, 9, 10, 11. Like it was, it yeah. was a bunch of those years. It was it was yeah. a handful of years consecutively because uh you actually custom made a handful. There it is. 2008 was your first year doing it. Okay. Um and here I'm going to look up right now. Um oh, wow, Bob, you got a, a you guys talking about sponsoring or Yeah, he was actually oh, sponsoring oh, it. Oh, okay. Cool. Um and tell us how you ended up getting spon uh becoming a sponsor of that event, Bobby. Shoot, uh, I think it was Tim Brinyansky and yep. you were were hanging out quite a bit. Tim came in and was like, "Hey, you should sponsor this event and, you know, Doug'll talk about you and and what you, you know, the services you provide." And at that point, I was just doing doing installs, you know, a lot of custom installs, but that was my primary function at that point where where now we manufacture, you know, our own subwoofers and boxes and things of that nature. So this year I'll I'll happily sponsor the event if you don't already have all those filled up. Um but uh and maybe we'll be able to come out and show off some of our products. So should be yeah. it should be really interesting. Maybe we'll drag Tim out to come hang out with us. <laughs> that yeah, would Tim be had the, your your logo on the side of his car huge right that's yeah he was the Tim's only <laughs> yeah tim, tim was the only guy i ever really bothered to sponsor you know mm -hmm. um he you know when tim when tim started out in car audio competition he's just some crazy dude that showed up in my shop <laughs> one day and he had this little system in his car and he did a pretty decent job of installing it and mm -hmm. and you know we were chatting about some stuff and i and i was familiar with his car and i had built a box that just happened i knew it fit his car and i knew it fit it really good and it was yeah, loaded with subs yeah. and it was sitting on the floor of my shop and mm -hmm. uh and i was like you know i know this box fits your car what amplifier do you have in there and he had like just the right he had, you know some 1200 watt little class d amp and i was like shoot let's put it in there and see how it does and we Put it in his car and he's you know having fun with it. he's like oh my god it's so beautiful so, you know had a big plexiglass <laughs> a bunch yep. of mirrors and stuff crazy mm -hmm. dubbed subwoofers yeah, there's right. audio bond and uh you know i was like and he's like yeah and he was you know and i had told him there's a car audio event tomorrow you should check he's like i'm for sure gonna go out there i'm gonna go i'm gonna go i'm gonna go and he was all excited and then i was like man you want to buy this box i'll give you a killer deal on it he was like oh i can't afford it i'm like yeah you can today you can <laughs> i was like let's see i'm like it's too good it fits too good it works too good like i want to help you out and anyway you know tim went out to a show then the next day and he did really well and he had a lot of fun and and uh and then there he went and and he was off yeah. to the race for years and years and years tim was just crazy and i he, he was worth helping out a lot there's there's been a few other people with opportunities that you you start helping out and then all of a sudden they're you know super ungrateful and it's like mm -hmm. it's he's like the only guy that had ever really panned out to bother with 
with you know putting forth some extra effort for you know so, yeah, yeah. I, I believe he competed for about 10 years um he did he made it to base race at the world finals every year and he was really good at getting second or third yeah. So, <laughs> well, he won the championship two years. That was on the points thing, right? Yes, he won. Yeah. He won yeah. points champion. Um, yeah. But yeah, so um, so can you tell us just a little bit about um, the box that you had set up for uh, Timmy? It, I mean, I know it was plexi, like it was one inch yeah. thick, um, single well, no, twelve, first, the, or what was the it? The first one that we did for him, it was two twelves, and it was uh, it was it was pretty much half acrylic and half uh mdf structure and it, the inside was full of mirrors and the top front and port assembly were all one you know piece of bonded acrylic mm -hmm. and it was a pretty crazy thing but then uh and then years later we had built well, we probably built 16 20 different boxes for tim over the years oh, wow. you know sometimes we'd build them and we would try them for less than a day and then they'd be in the dumpster because you know yeah. things just don't work sometimes sometimes on my design sometimes on like this guy designed me this box it's gonna be great <laughs> and i'm like yeah that looks beautiful we build it and it's like oh that wasn't good at all i'm like eh. did you tell him that that was terrible he's like yeah i did and he was like oh okay I, i'll make note of that <laughs> you know but that's how we learn you know i mean mm -hmm. So, but yeah, but eventually I had built a series of those horn loaded boxes for Tim. You remember all those? Yes, that sir. I probably built, it was six or seven different iterations of the horn loaded with, with like curve cut bent horns or angular horns and a bunch of different stuff to find the, just the right, you know, combination of, of, of angle and expansion and compression on each side. And, and uh, eventually when we were really happy with it and he was getting really good performance, we built him an all acrylic version of that. Right. And it was really cool. And he had it in there for a long time. Yep. And, and, and so ultimately, cause he was a base racer, he wasn't a DV drag guy. Right. So, I mean, yeah. he did the DV drag as kind of just, he was already there. He'd do it. Um, but ultimately you were looking for a box that had a wide range of response and played smooth across the greater range of sounds. So you were not just trying to be loud, but you were trying to be loud and clean, right? That was yeah, ultimately the goal. Loud, loud playing music. Yes. You know, I, and, and and me and you have had this conversation before, and I've talked mm -hmm. about it a little bit online. I, you know, when I was in my early 20s, the first time I went to a car audio competition and I saw the vehicles doing burps, I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I don't like it. I, I was like, I just, uh, I'm like, I, I loved the effort and I saw what everybody was doing and I was mm -hmm. like, that's cool. I didn't want to do that at all. Like, you know what I mean? I wasn't like, this is dumb. It was like, this isn't for me. You know, I could mm -hmm. see the guys and I was like, man, I could see some of these builds and I'm like, this dude worked his ass off on this. That is yeah. really cool. And, mm -hmm. and I saw, you know, a guy. Oh, did he freeze up on you too? Oh, yeah. Oh, hopefully you know, you know what is. I mean, you know, but I just, it, I didn't want to make a burp vehicle because that wasn't going to, that wasn't going to be beautiful and it wasn't going to pay me well with my shop, shop. you yes. know, because I was building custom stuff and making mm -hmm. things that looked good and sounded amazing. And, and, you know, like kind of this combination of SQ and loud and, you know, and, and, yep. uh, that's what I was aiming for. And, and, uh, I, I, 
I was like, well, you know, that doesn't really fit my thing. And then, and then after Tim was going out to all those shows, he's like, you got to see this man, the face race. This yeah. is really cool. And I, he's like, it's like bracket drag racing. And I ra I'll race anything. Like I'll race <laughs> shopping carts or big wheels or whatever the hell you want. I'll race you. And, um, and so I'm like, oh, it's a race. Like, like that's kind of a cool, like, you know, and I saw it where I was like, that looks fun. That's really cool. So that brought me out and they're playing music. So that was a lot more interesting mm -hmm. for me. And that was kind of the, the, the roots of where the demo vehicle started coming from, because now you had a vehicle that sounded awesome when it played music. So now everybody'd start getting in others' vehicles. And then, and then we had guys like, you know, uh, old man, Mike that passed away a while back. Mm -hmm. Old man Mike was crazy and he was fun as hell. And he's like, I'm going to do a 150 base race. And then it was like, I'm going to do a 160 base race. And it was like, <laughs> here we go, you know? And, and that was, that was a hell of a spectacle, you know? Yep. So that's um, where, those two guys you know, hang out all the time, guys. right? Yeah. yeah. Tim What's and, that? Um, Tim and uh, old man Mike used to hang out uh, all the time. Yep. So, yeah, they had a fallen out at the end, oh, but they? yeah, oh, okay. but they, but prior to that, they were pretty much always together, um, yeah. and that was it. But that also leads me to now, uh, Mr. Gately. There, he went from you know helping with the base race, then he started seeing the cyclone stuff, and he was when we started talking about cyclone, he was like, "Dude, twenty hertz and loud. <laughs> this is what my, this is my jam." Um, so he was really into that. He start and then he started building some purpose-built like cyclone vehicles. Um, he didn't, I didn't see a lot of competing with him, but he, I, I remember he started with your Harley Davidson truck. Uh, that was kind of like the start. And then next thing you know, you're building these full-on like the green machine or something. And well, I mean, the green monster is yeah. is what was my my old black Harley truck. Oh, is it? Did you know that? Yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, I tell people this all the time. They go, oh, no. They're like, what happened to your old Harley truck? I'm like, it's the Green Monster now. And they go, oh, my God, really? And like, yeah, it's, you know, once upon a time, it was the Harley truck. And, it, oh. you know, when it had uh, just over just over 200,000 miles on it is when we when we did the, the satin black wrap on it. I kind of redid the whole truck and did a bunch of the interior and kind of fixed it up again. I never put a big sound system in it at that point, but I built some custom doors and it had a couple of 15s in it and it sounded really nice, but you know, it still had a lot of miles and, and uh, I wasn't driving it as much. And then, you know, when the, when the wrap on it started to kind of, you know, after six or eight years or whatever, that wrap started to kind of deteriorate. And, and it was my, you know, it wasn't my daily anymore. And it wasn't something I drove regularly. I was like, I'm going to turn this thing into a, a big, crazy demo soundtrack. And so over a, a year period of time, I start, you know, I, I put some, you know, uh, helper springs on the back because I knew it was going to add some <laughs> weight. And I had the transmission rebuilt because I knew that was going to be a thing and put some air shocks on it to help that. And I got a camper shell and it was like kind of step, step, step. And then kind of all at once we, we started building it. So yeah, the, what my old Harley truck has turned into what is the green monster. So, yeah. Okay. Um, with, when you started doing that, um, and then you started, I remember you were helping, um, uh, Ray Pimley. You did those wooden door jams. Yeah. That was yeah. next. The, the doors that do those doors were awesome. The multi-level of plywood, um, then you burnt it and stained it and, oh, dude, uh, talk about those a little bit. That, those were 
freaking so Ray, Ray, Ray's doors. That was a fun, that was a fun build. You know, Ray and I have talked a few times, you know, I, I met Ray, he came to a, a show that we held at my shop mm -hmm. and I chatted with him for a little while and I was like, shit, I, I like this kid. He's really cool. You know, he's a good dude. And, uh, and we were kind of talking about his truck and his doors were kind of broken and, and he had built them. And he did a good job, but they were kind of broken. And him and I were talking about how to repair them. And I was like, man, I'd love to build you some doors, you know? And, and, uh, he was like, yeah, maybe we could do something. And, you know, and, and, uh, you know, he, he came back to me a few months later and he was like, I want you to build me some doors. I don't, I don't want a bro deal. I don't want anything. I want to pay you to build me some doors. I don't want to worry about, you know, any time constraints. I don't want to worry about, you know, you losing any money. Mm -hmm. I think it's best if I just pay. And I was like, that sounds like a great idea. <laughs> and, uh, so I told him what I had in mind. I said, Hey, look, I want to, you know, I'm, I'm really good at shaping material with, you know, a grinder and, and, you know, saws all. And, and I just, I can, I can kind of sculpt these things. And this is what I have in mind for your door. And uh, it'll be really strong and it'll reinforce the door. I, I think if I build the doors the way I'd like to, that you're going to gain on the meter. It's going to be louder if I build the doors this way. And uh, he was like, that sounds great. I didn't have any idea that that would be, you know, part of the deal. And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm confident. I'm not sure. And I want to know, you know, and this is the easiest way to find out. You're already loud as hell. And, and uh, we build these super strong doors. We're going we're gonna to find out. And then I started, you know, designing the door and, and, uh, I had played around with, I had played around with, you know, grinding and shaping the plywood, exposing the laminate layers, um, with a couple of projects that I was working on that, that those parts of the box that I was working on were buried. Like they weren't a visible piece. You know, I was doing this Mercedes with a big SQ install and I needed to shape the bottom corners of the box in a way that they kind of fit into these, you know, radius round corners of, of, of the, you know, rear, well, there wasn't a seat there, but like, you know, right. the behind the seats, this is like a two door, two seat Mercedes. Mm -hmm. Anyway. So when I was doing that, I, I kind of had cut the corner with the sawzall and the shaping and, and I kind of got the grinder and I was like, look at the way that looks. I remember showing, you know, Kyle and, and Chang, my technicians that were working for me, like, look how cool this looks, man. I want to do something with this, you know? So, so when I was working on Ray's doors, uh, I started shaping it. And the plan was almost immediately, as soon as I was grinding it, you know, I kind of figured out this might be the way to go. But our plan was I was going to shape them that way. And if we didn't like it or if, or if we had to add a bunch of Bondo or something to make it work right, um, we would then spray them with bed liner. Okay. And that was the plan. But Well, keep in mind – Keep in what? mind the exterior of his car was all bed liner already, so it would have matched the exterior if you were to have done that. Oh right? well, yeah, all the all the trim that he done, he had, yeah. that he had done with the bed so liner. so it wasn't yeah. like bed liner was just going to be I'm hiding stuff. It actually kept with the theme of the vehicle. Yeah. So. we ended up some some of the components in Ray's truck are sprayed with bed liner currently. His A pillars and a few mm -hmm. other pieces are bed liner anyway. So, um. So I started grinding on the doors and they were looking pretty good. And I had done like major shaping and I kind of shaped them to, to just pass like 80 grit. And mind you, it was like 104, 106, <laughs> 107 degrees outside in Sacramento when I was working on these doors. Yeah. And 
And in the back area of my shop, especially back then, it was kind of a trapped little area and the air tank would generate a shitload of heat. So it'd be like 115 degrees in the back of my shop. And, and I'm pretty good for that. But my man Kyle and Chang, those guys, they took those things from like 80 or 120 and they would sand them all the way to 400 grit for me. And the, we were just sweating. We were chugging so much water. It was, it was like, you know, I'm a lot better now. Like my, my skill set of shaping with a grinder went from like, I'm pretty good at this. I'm going to figure it out. And then I did those doors and then it was much, much better. And then even now, you know, here we are years later and we've done a bunch of things of this nature. Mm -hmm. Um, now we're really good at it. So I get it done a lot faster. When I was working on those doors for Ray, it'd be like, and I'd do another little part and I'm doing one door and then the other door. And I had to make sure that they matched. That was probably one of the biggest challenges. I had one like done real well and I did the other one like pretty good. And then I put them next to each other and was like, uh oh, <laughs> like, like, I'll make this one look like that part. And that one looked like that part. And, and, uh, and the guys just sanded and sanded. And we went through so much sandpaper and, uh, and it turned out and they were like really beautiful. And Ray came in and helped me and we, we, you know, we stained them. And first we stained them with a, uh, it was like golden Chesapeake with a, right. with a poly, you know, in the stain. And then actually just in the last, uh, less than a year, Ray had come down and uh, we sanded them all back and we stained them with the same classic black stain that we now use on all of our production speaker boxes that we make. So. They look really pretty now. It's kind of they got kind of revamped recently. So, so a couple of things real quick on those door panels is yeah. I've talked to a lot of people about you. You know, I I still promote your shop. Um, I think you are unique in what you do. Um, and so I tell people uh, when you're going to Bobby Gately's, you're not going to a deck and two shop. You're going to someone who's in my opinion, is an artist in what he does. What you're going to drop off and you're going to have an idea that doesn't necessarily mean that's what you're going to get back because it's going to start as that idea and then however it blossoms, I mean, you really have to let Bobby do his thing because he is truly an artist in this medium. And that's what I tell people. Um, there was that with those wood things. And like you said, it, I mean, it, it developed, right? It was an organic thing. It wasn't something you had a full plan for. You didn't go to a set, a set of prints and copy those prints exactly. It, it was an organic thing that developed, just like any other artist is. Um, the other thing that I thought was phenomenal about those was the fastening system. Want to talk about your fastening system on there? Because I think that was actually another great, huge leap, too. Well, the first, the, the way that the, the doors, the way that the panels fasten onto the doors is we just use, you know, simply used threaded rivet inserts. I think we used quarter twenties and I think Ray actually went back, popped them all out after some time and made them larger, even might be using five sixteenths, mm -hmm. oh, excuse me, um, uh, fasteners on that. But the, uh, to, to fasten the grill assembly onto the panel um i used a bunch of press magnets and that that you know and i and i did press grills that were you know you know cyanoacrylate glued to the that front panel that magnetically stuck on the doors and uh you know, i learned that magnet trick from steve mead like 
<laughs> shoot 15 16 years ago he you know like steve's my dude he called me up and was like and it was like in the evening it was like late it was raining and we were here at the shop he's like what are you doing you got to come by and check this out and he had built those big speaker towers for chicken oh yeah and i'm like all right i'll drive over there and i, I had a couple of my buddies with me and i'm like is it cool my buddy's coming he's like yeah yeah it's cool and we got there it was pretty late too it's like drizzling rain outside it's freezing cold he opens up his garage door he's got those big towers there and he's standing there and he's showing we'd see all these speakers and they were sprayed with like a really nice texture paint they're beautiful mm -hmm. and you and it was like smooth the speakers are fastened and it's smooth you don't see anything and he walks over with this you know like uh you know you think of a home audio speakers you know uh, uh acoustically transparent fabric right speaker cover assembly he walks up and he's like talking he's not even looking at the thing and he kind of like waves this thing around in front of the box and the hook and the thing just sucks itself onto there like I, and i'm like what was that and I, i'm like oh my mind is i'm like what did you do how did you do and he's like oh and i right under here and there's magnets under the paint and on this and he's showing me where the magnets are and i'm like oh my god and and i mean this is way back this is like oh four oh five oh six like yeah. way out there and uh like i've never seen anything like it before and and he's like yeah it was the first time i'd even heard of these you know rare earth magnets they didn't even call them neodymium then <laughs> yeah they're this rare earth magnets rare earth. and i'm just like that is the coolest shit i've ever seen it was super cool and then you know from then i kind of implemented that into so several projects that i've done and now now we have like a you know several hundred magnets on deck ready to go for any project that we're working on here when i'm like i'm gonna do those magnets and we just start i actually have here i'll show you guys i have all of these little pieces of material that i figure out exactly what size cutout so i have this and okay. i laser cut this piece of eighth inch acrylic and i figured out exactly what size i want to cut down to the thousandth of oh. what fits this magnet on the laser and then i have a piece of baltic birch plywood and we did test ones and like i think this one was a little tighter than i wanted or this one was a little tighter than i wanted it to be and then this stuck real good the plywood's a little more forgiving and then here's a high density polyethylene and then you know my favorite acrylic uh. and and all the way down and figuring out exactly what size we keep that you know that's the that's the deal with the magnets so but yeah, so I learned that from Steve Mead and, and I, I applied that on raised doors and everybody's a big fan of how those work. And, uh, you know, there was some challenges. We, we lost some magnets here or there. And, you know, me and Ray and, and Colt figured out, you know, what adhesives work best to adhere to those magnets and mm -hmm. to plywood mm -hmm. and to acrylic and to, you know, it's kind of this, this game we play around here of how to glue one thing to another yeah and so we're super good at that now <laughs> like, like that's the joke is like maybe someday i'll write a book about how to glue one thing to another <laughs> just just have a whole handbook so anyway no yeah. so so for me personally the great thing about that is so bobby's doing all this gorgeous woodwork and 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 you know that's its own thing i mean he torches it um you don't just burn the wood no, i don't i don't burn it i don't burn it and that's all with stain that's stain Oh, yeah. and also, and then obviously it's whatever the end cut of your plywood is. 
right? And that's yeah. going to give you your deeper, darker colors versus your, and then you can also double up your stain to make it a little darker here versus there. And that's, yeah, stuff, use right? one and then another. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes we'll even sand it back a little bit in certain spots or, or even yeah, oil it and then normally... stain it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, I do a little woodworking myself, just saying, but not like your stuff, obviously. I'm not, I'm not an yeah, artist level. I, I draw a set of plans. I build to the plans. I guarantee what's written down is what ends up on whatever I'm doing. So that's my level. But the, the thing about it is you're doing all this, um, uh, you're doing all this work. And the cool thing is, is you see no fasteners. That's the awesome part because you know, everything about it is is the look. And now it's going to sound awesome that you've got nailed pretty well right now. But you're going to have all this awesome work. And like I said, for me, the really cool thing is just there's no fasteners. You don't see the screws. You don't see the little buttons, which is what you do in wood typically, right? So you countersink a screw, and then you put a button on top of it. And especially when you stain it, that button just kind of shines. Um especially for someone like me, a carpenter, right? So I do finish work all the time. We use those buttons like crazy, um, and they always stick out. Um, uh, anyway, so with that being said, um, you know, that that's awesome. I really like that. Your newest build was the Red Demon or something like that. What was the red one? The Bloodbath. There you go, Bloodbath. <laughs> So it sounds cool. I know. So red it's... demon sounds good. Now we have to build something called the red demon, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So tell us about go. that a little bit. So uh, a good friend of mine, his name is uh, Brian Rogers, and he has a, a car audio shop in uh, outside of Houston, Texas, LaPorte, Texas. I don't know how close you are to there, but I, I Texas is so big that yeah, yeah, you're it's like south, I'm nine hours away. It's like, yeah. But uh, <laughs> he's he's outside of Houston, Texas. It's called Sinister Car Audio. And uh, Brian's a badass installer. He does super good work. He uses lots of our product, and uh, and he had he had been using our enclosures. Um, you know, shoot, it was like 2019, and he had like two or he has he had several vehicles, so he had like one in every one of his cars, and and uh, he bought this Tahoe, and he had a 218 box in it, and he was having a bunch of fun with that thing. And then he reached out to me um, a few days before Christmas of 2019, and him and I, you know, were were you know messaging back and forth probably while we were hanging out with family and whatever and BSing. And man, it was it was like a late night on Christmas Eve, I'm pretty sure. And him and I were talking, and he's like, "I want this crazy box and 415s." that I want stack fab and acrylic and lights. And he just was, you know, telling me what he wanted. And I'm like, geez, it's going to be like a, be like a seven or $8,000 box, but you know, I'm like, I, I mean, I, I'll, I'll build it, you know, like it'd be a lot like what I built for, you know, Amanda Rabby, you know? So what we had in mind was something really similar to what I had done for Amanda Rabby's uh, suburban, you know, uh, uh, six months before that. you guys might be familiar with that box, the one that had the inverted V2 subs on it and, had the amp and batteries inside with all the crazy wiring that Kyle had done. Anyway, so um, he's like, okay. And then he was like, man, I want you to build me some doors that are kind of like Ray Pimley, you know? And <laughs> and we had had some ideas regarding that. And uh, and then we decided, it was like, maybe we should just have you ship the truck to me. 
-hmm. you know, I mean, like it's going to be really, I'd have to find a Tahoe and build the parts for it. And then the Tahoe got shipped here and uh, the Tahoe got shipped here and it landed here the day the COVID lockdown started, like literally the day. And uh, we talked on the phone a few days later and he was like, well, you already got the truck in your hands. Maybe we should go all out. Maybe we should do a wall. And I was like, it's probably not a bad idea, you know? And we talked a little bit about doing a C pillar wall. And like two days later, he called me and be like, I don't want to do a C Let's do a B pillar wall. Let's go all the way, like build the yeah. shit out of this thing. And, you know, this thing went from, it was going to be a, a really fancy no wall box. To all of a sudden it's this massive build. And then the truck had a sunroof. And because, you know, John Nolte, my buddy, uh, John had that little blazer that had the sunroof. And so it was like, well, we can do a sunroof delete or we can build it in a way that it'll do this. And I showed him the video of what John's truck did. And of course he's like, I want that. And I'm like, okay, that's gonna be more money. And he's like, I'm in. And I was like, you know, and here's the thing about a build like this. There was so many pieces of that thing that I looked at it and went, no matter what, if I charge him this much, I'll definitely make money. And I'm like, 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 I can't imagine, like, it won't go over this. Here's the set number. <laughs> Some of those pieces were a terrible idea. Yeah. There was stuff, me and Colt were in there and we got Steve Mead laser cutting metal for us. We're climbing around and we're welding shit. We're five, six, eight, 12 days into this thing. And, and, you know, into just one piece. And, you know, I got Colt in there stack fabbing the primary structure of that enclosure and, and he's like, got it all in there. It, the whole thing is assembled with no adhesive. And we map the whole thing out. And we take the whole thing apart and then put it all back together with adhesive. And guess what? Just a little tiny bit of adhesive. And that shit doesn't go yep. back together the same way, man. Yep. Not, mm, no. We like, yep. I'm like, man, I knew that would be a little bit of a struggle. But I was not. Like, we, we like, removed, like, layers of one inch, you know, yep. out of each side. Because the way that. And I'm like, man, are they stuck together? It's like, it looks like it is. Hmm. He's like, man, there is three inch long screws. They're fast. It's tight. We squeeze out everywhere. Nope. We still deleted an inch of material out of each side in that assembly because the way that that, you know, but yep. anyway. I'll tell so, you right now, the people are always shocked to find out how much paint. I mean, just when you just a simple layer of paint screws up a fit beyond what you can believe you know i believe that for sure and and i haven't like seen a, oh wow that paint really jacked me you know <laughs> scenario but yeah. i can believe it right now and we're, we're talking about you know kind of creamy adhesive that's yep. a sealant adhesive that we use when we assemble our boxes mm -hmm. and uh and you know it and we learned so much stuff in the process of building that thing it was like there was so much to learn, you know, um, I, you know, in the process of having that, that truck, we acquired our CNC machine and I was teaching myself how to operate it in that time. So there was some of the stuff that were like, ah. <laughs> like, oh, I designed parts and I cut them and go and fit them. We're like, ah, shit. But, uh, you know, one of the really handy tools that we have is our laser, our, our simple little 150 watt, you know, CO2 laser. Um, and 
my one of my favorite things to do with it is just cut pieces of cardboard oh, and yeah. i just uh, i'll design a part and i send it to the laser and i grab a piece of cardboard and we fit it up in the vehicle and be like nope and like make <laughs> some notes on it go back and make the adjustments in the file and then you keep doing that until it's just right and 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 then you can go to the big cnc machine or whatever else you're building you know yep. so cardboard's but way yeah. cheaper than wood <laughs> it is and and you know and laser time's a lot cheaper than cnc time and yes, bits and everything else and yep. so yeah all right but yeah the bloodbath turned out really good it's got you know six b2 audio rage xl 15s it's got a single great white uh amplifier it's like their 16k it's wired to 1.3 ohms so the build is very efficient and uh he's got a what's the swan 12k running the rear doors on this thing and it's got eight uh b2 you know mids on each rear door with four uh uh four sky high tweeters on each rear door and then on the front doors it has eight so 16 between the two front doors b2 rage mids on the front doors then it's got a pillars for the same speaker configuration as the uh green monster so it has four three inch mids and four of the cdr horn tweeters on, on each side of the a pillars it's like 54 or 56 speakers total and uh one two three uh six seven amplifiers like that six amplifiers mm -hmm. it's a it's a beast and and you know and it, it could we could put you know bigger subs you know four inch coil motor you know subwoofers and run double the power and maybe that's a thing we'll do someday but right now it's it's super loud and it demos like crazy all day long um we we were honored to be able to take that thing out to sema and have it in that showcase that steve mead uh i'm just not steve mead i'm sorry steve barber uh, uh shitting on him uh, put together and he worked his butt off that day and and the in the weeks in ahead of time to put that whole thing together for us and uh you know we got to do the parade with the model with her hair blowing through the sunroof <laughs> and doing a like mobile hair trick and crowd going wild people taking pictures videos and, and so the bloodbath was a lot of fun and i got to hold on to that thing for you know, it was like 18, 19 months until Brian, you know, from Sinister came and came and hung out with us for a week and picked it up and finally took it home. So okay. it's out there in Houston, Texas. Go hit up Sinister Car Audio and get a demo in the bloodbath. Brian will be super happy to show it off. Maybe they'll make it up to Grapevine on April 23rd for the uh, Crossfire event, you know? That'd be cool. <laughs> yep. Maybe. So I'm gonna I'm gonna turn this part over to uh, Jeffrey. So you guys that don't know, um, you know, as you guys have watched and seen our podcast over the year, or so um, we've been doing this. We always talk about how it's more than just the car audio. Yeah, that's how we connect and that's how we start. But as we grow, we want to know these people that we are meeting at the shows and whatnot. So Gately here and Jeffrey have a little something in common. Uh, you want to start? With talking about that, Jeff. Um, well, just coming on to uh, the podcast. So, uh, Doug was telling me, "Hey, uh, I, I don't think uh, Bobby knew this, but uh, he didn't know that you were into jujitsu." I was like, "Oh man, yeah, I've been doing it for years." And and I'm like, uh, I'm like, you know, looking up, uh, looking at uh, Bobby here, and I was like, "Yeah, you know, I can see maybe a little bit of cauliflower ears right there." And uh, he's probably <laughs> didn't been doing it for a while, and you know, for those of you that don't know, the cauliflower ear 
it's kind of like our badge of courage kind of deal with like you know <laughs> wrestling and combat sports you know when you when you 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 just uh grind so much your ear just turns inside out you know mine's kind of like that over here but uh anyway so um that's always kind of cool to uh you know find out that hey you know you got uh, um something that you're doing outside of car audio and you know other interests and finding other people that uh with, with a similar interest that's cool that's cool so so tell us the uh bobby so where you're at versus where jeffrey's at in the learning process of jujitsu oh we're you know just just based on the very brief bit of conversation that we're both probably real close he's He's like a four-stripe purple belt. Is that right? Right. And and uh, I just got my brown belt. So he's probably oh, not yeah, far off of getting there. his brown belt. <laughs> yeah, I just got my brown belt like three, four months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, we've both been training about 10 years. Both of us taking about a year off in the middle of it here or there. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. it's a lot of fun. And, and, and so that people understand, just really quick and briefly here, jiu-jitsu is not like, <laughs> we're not we're not punching air and crap like right. that we spar live every day now we're not punching and kicking each other but we're trying to choke each other and rip each other's arms and legs off oh yeah Take and and uh, sure. and when somebody does really good and like almost rips your arm off or almost chokes you unconscious you like go that was awesome and you give them a high five <laughs> and you're like, that was so cool you teach me how you did that or how the hell do i get out of that i knew i screwed up and got into it how do you i prevent you know and that's how that works. And it's, it's so super duper fun. You know, um, it's crazy. Like, you know, you'll, your gi, you know, we wear it, we wear a gi and they're like really rugged. So they don't rip easy. Otherwise we would rip right. each other's freaking clothes off, which <laughs> that's what we want to do. No, I'm just kidding. But, um, <laughs> but, no. but they'll be soaked with sweat with usually mostly it's yours, but it's also everybody else's you rolled with too. Maybe even somebody you slid over next to, and they made add a smear mark on the mat. It's oh, it's an incredible workout, and it it's really a lot of fun, and it'll change your life. You'll eat healthier for jujitsu. You'll get a better night's sleep for jujitsu. You won't go drinking because you're gonna train the next day, and you don't want to smell like a freaking brewery when you're <laughs> rolling with somebody. Exactly. And it's. It's, uh, I think you become uh, more disciplined, and, and I can kind of see that with your work, you know. So you, you have that discipline. So for you to, you know, transition and, and bring it on to, you know, jujitsu, hey, it's, it goes hand in hand. It does. You know, like the days that I, I know I'm going to train, I make sure I get my ass out of bed nice and early, and I get all my crap together, and I get to the shop, and I work boom, 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 and I'm getting a bunch of stuff done, and I'm talking on the phone with customers, and I'm hammering out all the emails and and you know thankfully the academy that i train at is right around the corner it's right down the street and i mean it's super duper close and i'll i'll be you know class has already started they're already doing warm-ups and i'm like oh shit i'm like i gotta go my buddy my buddy calls it brown belt late and i'm like sorry i'm like (laughs) and i go running in and and uh join the last bit of warm-ups and then we you know and then we start training but but uh you know and then i get back and i i get my ass in gear and i'm like i took a lot of time off of training jujitsu because i was worried that i wasn't getting enough work done in the day i work seven days a week 12 15 hours a day i'm still doing it it's just how it is right now and, and i love what i do i love car audio i love my guys that work for me um 
I, I love everything about this, man. And a bunch of these guys that I work with in the car audio world, I've been hanging out with Doug for 20 years, you know? And, uh, but I know that if I go to jujitsu and I'm a little extra beat up and worn out, I come in and I, man, I don't do very good job designing anything. And I don't answer every email and I don't answer every call. And I don't address every, everything that the guys are working on in production or the custom boxes or Colt doing installs or any of that. If I slack off in any way, I'll be coming down on myself for going to train. Mm -hmm. But when I go and I leave here at, you know, 11 o'clock or just before, or sometimes just after, and I'm gone for two hours and I'm over there rolling around the floor with a bunch of dudes, getting my ass kicked. I come back and I know I have a responsibility to make sure I'm on top of everything that I do. And, and I'll, you know, sometimes I'm making a bigger push than I might've otherwise, because I feel like this, you know, the, the momentum, the energy, the, the drive, like, oh, I better get all this shit done. And I start just dig in and work and work and work and work and push through and find my list that I created and just make sure every little piece is checked off on it as best it can be. And so, you know, part of the discipline of jujitsu is, you know, the, the, the long-term care of yourself to make it so that you can do that. And the other part is that the responsibility that you have across the board. Also, you know, like we're not getting any younger. I'm 47 years old now and I'm all gray and, you know, and 20 years ago, I was way fatter and not nearly as strong. And, and Colt was like this 20 year old kid and everything that was heavy, I'd be like, pick that shit up for me. And now, <laughs> you know, now I'm like, Oh, I got my man strength yeah. back. Cause I can carry around yeah. a dude that's trying to choke me. I can just grab that big heavy thing or that sub or that whatever and just yeah. get things done you know you're in better shape there's so much about it that that helps fucking everything it's like a total jujitsu sales thing but i'm telling you <laughs> it's it's nope. the best <laughs> uh, Jose Ramos chimed in real quick and uh, two things. He said, technically, Bobby can teach with a brown belt, belt correct? Yeah. But uh, Jeffrey's teaching with the purple belt with multiple stripes. So I'm sure that's po that's a true statement. And uh, Jose says, uh, when you start, you fall for the lapel choke every day for about six months. <laughs> <laughs> that's Absolutely. the sneaky one. That's a sneaky one. Like a lot of the white belts get cut with the, those lapel chokes. And, and I love those. And <laughs> <laughs> you love those. Oh, yeah. So those are easy ones to, build, uh, to beat up on. All right. So uh, we got about... 15 minutes left or so so let's uh talk a couple of things real quick um bobby so april 30th is gonna be oh let's talk first real quick before that let's uh talk about rings uh jeffrey i don't know you got an email i got an email um what's your uh ring presentation deal so talk about that for a quick minute oh okay so um out, out in texas um at last world finals um, we had two people receive rings that are from Texas. Mm -hmm. So um, it just so happened the uh, rings became available um, just recently. And um, uh, Solis, you know, approached me and says, hey, you know, I got these rings uh, and sent to a couple of the Texas guys. Hey, would you be interested in doing like a mini presentation, um, you know, for these guys? And I was like, heck, yeah, let's do it. You know, so uh, going to be at uh, this Saturday. We're going to do a... Uh, we'll say a mini presentation to uh, some of the winners that uh, that were there. Uh, one of which actually went to the East 
and the Eastern West. Finals and the Western Finals and won both. So that's right. He's going to be presented with three rings. Yes, sir. Three rings. Uh, so and I got a chance to take a look at them. Um, it it was a really nice. Uh, uh, well, I'll just leave that for surprise for the uh, for the gentleman. But uh, they're really nice. And uh, if you want to see a little a presentation, hey, come check out the show on Saturday. And if uh, so, for like guys from the West Coast or somewhere back east or whatever, um, are you going to be uh, videoing it and posting that presentation, or you going to do it live? What, what's the plan there? Uh, we could we could do that. Uh, was it? Uh, Haven't thought that far into it yet. The, the uh, internet's kind of iffy, and you know. Okay. Uh, um, so video it wanna, and then post it afterwards. Yeah, I think I'll, I'll definitely do that for sure. Uh, I don't want to get with the guys because you know sometimes they get a little shy and. You know, they don't want it to be about themselves. So I just kind of want to get it all okayed. And, you know, I don't want to go on this full-on presentation with uh, pyro, uh, Some pyrotechnics <laughs> out there. You know, stuff like that. And then have them be a little embarrassed about it. So, yeah. you know, maybe we'll just do a little presentation. Not not, uh, not that big. But did, so, did, you, guys, did you get any rings? Uh, so I have not received mine yet, but they are on the way um, for our show at Autorama. Uh, when we break between our brackets from qualifying to brackets, at that point, right before we go to brackets, I am going to do a presentation. Mine will be fireworks and everything. Uh, I'm going to talk Ooh, about nice. – I mean, you know, we, we get about 30,000 people that walk through the gate. They got to walk right by us at Autorama, and we make all this noise and all this. So they got to walk right by us. So I'm going to make as yeah. big of a spectacle as I possibly can. Yeah, We're going to yeah. be handing out rings there at the Autorama event. That's April 30th. Um, in Sacramento, uh, we're doing a 2x event. Um, we're gonna make Autorama, and then next year, uh, Autorama will move back to uh, where it's traditionally at, which is um, Valentine's Day weekend, and we'll go back to that. And um, the guys from back east, Dan Horner was talking about coming out, um, uh, Rob Collar, uh, Pop Tart. All those guys were talking about yeah. just flying out or driving out or whatever and come to Autorama. Um, that has been an awesome show that um, traditionally we've got people from New Mexico, Washington, Utah, Minnesota, um, Colorado, uh, Nevada, Southern California, Mexico, all come to that one event because it usually is the kickoff for DB Drag because it's February. So a lot of the country can't do car stereo that time of year but luckily in california we can so we are at this event um because of the covid and all that it has now moved to april 30th for this year only we're going to do a single day event it's going to be a 2x on saturday april 30th and at that event we will be handing out rings so um for the guys that can't make it i will be in reno the following weekend i believe for a bowling tournament so i'll be able to uh bring some uh rings with you uh the details ask them about autorama it'll be 60 dollars at the gate we got to pay autorama for their fees uh that gets you your car and a passenger in plus one entry into uh your choice of a um db drag format um another thing we are planning on doing uh next year with the autorama is we are going to add um possibly ray pimley with his uh i 
Iaska, I think he does. So we'll add Iaska to the event next year. This year it's just too short of notice, and we don't. We have some other things that I'm working on, and I have to take care of some gate, and there's some some logistic things that I want to get worked out again this year since it's been three years uh, I did Autorama for 19 straight years so this will be my 20th year doing Autorama this year which is really cool so we'll be doing that we'll be handing out rings at that event um, so there's that uh, Mr. Gately Autorama uh, you have any plans of coming out to Autorama this year maybe with some kind of demo vehicle or any of that stuff I don't I don't know about a demo vehicle. I'm not really sure. I know I have a, a few guys with show cars that we did some work on that'll likely be out there. Maybe I can get somebody that I've done a build for to, okay. to drag their build out here. Um, we we are in the middle of a very large scale build on a truck, but it will not be ready by then. And then we are re also at the same time rebuilding the green monster. We got some pretty cool stuff up our up our sleeve for that thing. That should make it a whole lot of fun. But it, again, also won't be functional <laughs> by then. Um, yeah. But uh, we may come out and hang out. Maybe we'll even set up a little display of some sort with, with some fancy stuff, and maybe a show car or something to give some demos in, you know? Okay. So. That's cool. Uh, and I just, you know, I totally spaced on this. Uh, guys came down from Canada the last couple of years for Autorama. Um, you know, Team Mini, uh, Steven, and Ray Choi came out and helped judge the event. Uh, they brought, um, uh, what they call their Jimbo. Jimbo came down with them, did a little bit of base racing, top dog. So uh, all that stuff is going to, um, you know, that that's what we're going to grow it to. And for you guys that don't know, uh, Surf City was like an offshoot. They came down, they saw what we were doing with Autorama, and that became a sister show, and we kind of co-produced shows together. And that's how Surf City came to be. So that's awesome. And I really like the way Surf City's gone. And I think that's just phenomenal. And it's awesome for us. And I can't wait to get, um, you know, the last year we did it, uh, Autorama had 166 entries. Uh, how many shows, even World Finals, can you say it had 166 entries? Um, Autorama will be at... Cal Expo, that's in downtown-ish Sacramento, right next to the river. It takes up like a full, huge city block. Um, there will be all kinds of things. We've had, they, they usually have a car show for like uh, high-end customs at that event. That's like um, Chip Foose has been there. Uh, who's the guy that did the Batman cars? He was out there a couple of years. Um Ray, no, it's anyway. The guy who built the Batman cars was out there. We had uh, the other hot rod shows, you know, uh, Graveyard Cars has been out there, uh, Gas Monkeys has been out there for the event. So, I mean, it's usually a really cool event. Um, Barris, is that what his name is? Barris, um. <laughs> Anyway, so you guys are going to go to the gate uh, on the back side. I will have drawings up online for where you're going to enter. Uh, key thing about Autorama, and we are next week we are going to have the promoter, uh, John Buck. He's going to be on here next week talking about Autorama. Uh, key thing is, at 10 o'clock, the police lock the gate. And so, yeah, okay. it, I mean, it is locked. There is no entry. There is no nothing. And if you want to come through the front gate, 
it's $18 plus $10 to park. So you're paying $28 to park your car and walk through. Some A lot of guys like to pay the 60 and they park right in with the show. Even if they don't compete, they park right in with the show and they walk around and do their thing. But it gets you, the driver, the car, and the passenger in uh, for that $60. So that's all the information I have currently about Autorama. Till next week, we will talk about it then in a little more detail. Um, Is but, it a two-day? It's a two-day event. No, right? it's only a one-day this oh, year. One Normally, day. it's a two-day event, yeah. but uh, this year it's only going to be one day just because of the short notice. Um, one of the cool things is Autorama has a tradition. As soon as we're done with it, I'm going to call Christian Jensen, let him know, and he will start. 300 days to next Autorama. And he always starts uh, that, and he runs that yeah. thing, and, um, and it becomes a big deal. So um, definitely really cool. And like I said, Autorama is awesome. I'm really excited to have it back and start uh, promoting it and doing awesome stuff with this. Uh, Mr. Gately, quickly, we're you know, about five, six minutes left in this roughly. Um, tell us about where your products, where they're going to purchase your products, what are your products, um, and how they can view them, uh, maybe some YouTube stuff. Yeah. Uh, we got a little bit of stuff on YouTube if you just search Gately Audio. Not a whole lot, though. Um, you probably find more of our stuff if you watch Steve Mead videos as far as YouTube is concerned. But finding our products, if you go to skyhighcaraudio.com mm -hmm. and gatelyaudio.com, there's all of our products available. We manufacture subwoofers. We have six and a half, eights, and now 12 inch subwoofers. All three of those size woofers are available in our Alpha and our Relentless series. And uh, then all of our sub enclosures, as far as, you know, standard, you know, sub boxes, you know, single double rectangular shaped boxes, fit in like the trunk of a car or a hatchback or something. And then also our perfect fit truck enclosures that fit perfectly in in you know behind the seat or under the seat of an extra cab or a standard cab or whatever version of a pickup truck you have and uh most of those enclosures fit and perform extremely well with our our subwoofers that we developed specifically to work in those enclosures so that's where you can find us gatelyaudio.com sky high car audio uh, i believe steve mead has our products on his wcc car audio uh website as well so yeah awesome uh, Jeffrey, tell us about your show this weekend. Um, Grapevine, Texas, Crossfire Car Audio Headquarters. Um, we're doing a DB Drag Racing event. We got uh, all the formats available for you guys to check out. DB Drag Racing, Base Race, Cyclone, Top Dog. Uh, we got Freestyle. Uh, I know a lot of the USACI uh, uh, guys like doing the Freestyle because uh, it's a similar format. Right. Um, starts at 12 p.m. Um, also, uh, Roger always likes to get uh, bring free food. Uh, I think last event he was he was actually on the grill making the food for everybody, and it was all free, <laughs> free drinks. So, you know, hopefully we'll see that again, unless he just you know like buys pizza or something like that. Yeah. But and always uh, winning Roger's money. Win Roger's money. Yeah, he always like to uh, kick down. Uh, like he'll he'll see something like uh, like a full bracket, and it's like you know what I'm gonna give a hundred bucks to the winner of that bracket, and. And it's not just uh, limited just to one uh, one class. I, um, you know, if, if we get uh, 39 uh, base race filled up, you know, he'll, he'll be, uh, be willing to, you know, pay some money for that too. So, uh, yeah, just be out there and, you know, hey, you might leave with a $100 bill. 
<laughs> That's awesome. All right, and for me, um, I'm busy building trophies for the uh, Autorama event. We're going to do race flag trophies uh, for that one. So they're going to be a lot different than most of our other um, trophies that we've done. So the totally different, uh, similar style, but much different uh, components. Um, part of that being the supply chain issue and the others, hey, you know what, sometimes I just want to change it up a little bit. So we are going to be doing that. Uh, remember, $5 of every first entry is going to go towards the West Coast finale, which we got to work that out. We're still trying to work out some details with um, Nyman's trying to do his best to continue shows at his shop. Uh, but if the Nyman thing isn't going to work out, uh, I've already talked to Lunsford Customs. They're willing to continue to host events there, and we'll do the night shows just like we were doing over at Nyman's. So we may be moving that event over to um, Lunsford's, but I definitely prefer Nyman's because of the history. We've been going to Nyman's and doing night shows at Nyman's for a long time. And um, he has a absolutely phenomenal location. We don't ever have any problems with cops or anybody else. And, you know, he's got access to uh, trash cans and, you know, and uh, restrooms and all that. So all that stuff uh, is what I got coming up. We got our Reno shows kind of set up. Uh, Sky High Barbecue, I think. Or is that in May? I think that's in May. So Sky High Barbecue is going to come up in May. Bobby, you going to be out there? Yes, absolutely. We'll be debuting the uh, F450 that we're working on. We're going to have a big crazy bill with a 12, 12s and a blow through. I think that's on, May 15th, right? May 14, yep. 15? Yes, okay. sir. Yeah, I'm bowling a professional event that weekend. I'm going to throw my hat in the ring. See how go. I do against the big boys. So, um, that same weekend, that same weekend. Yes, sir. Oh, okay. So yeah, he hasn't got back to me about, uh, doing the show there. So, um, you know, my life is fairly hectic and, uh, yeah, I can't just schedule things on a whim. It's, it's very difficult for me to do that. So, uh, with that being said, yeah, that, I will be bowling a tournament that weekend. But, hey, you guys that are going to do the sky high thing, go out there, have a great time, maybe sit back um, uh, sit back and have a, a good time at sky high. He provides you guys with food. There's tons of demos to do. Um, Ray Pimley may even have a Iaska event afterwards. He was looking for a location. Um, we're going to do our four, um, we are going to do our four events in Reno this year. We're going to have uh, four to seven events up in Sacramento. And then um, we'll have the four events down in Jay's Alarms. And that's what we got booked currently. That doesn't mean that's all our events going to be. So um, anyway, <clears throat> if you guys would uh, like to, if you could please help us out by liking and sharing. If you feel that we are giving you guys uh, appropriate entertainment and we're giving something that is helpful to you guys and meeting with some of these people, like I said, Gately. Uh, Bobby's an awesome guy. Uh, you get a chance to talk to him. Um, he's a little out there. I mean, he's 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 definitely an artist. Uh, and, and take it for what that is. I mean, he he love he loves the Star Wars stuff, right? 
So if you come visit Bobby, bring him something Star Wars. He he won't yeah. turn you away for that, right? <laughs> and if you don't, he'll choke you out. So. That's right. Yes, right. <laughs> but yeah, bring a mat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You don't bring Star Wars. Bring a mat. Um, he, he uh, but but you know, um, part of those disciplines uh, makes Bobby who he is, and um. Like I, I like to say on this show and whatnot, we, we aren't just interested in what you do or how you're part of car audio. We're interested in the whole person. Um, the whole person's important. You know, uh, Jeffrey's an actor. Jeffrey's does jujitsu. Jeffrey does car audio and you know, he's, he's a judge and he also works at a plant, right? So, um, you know, we're, okay. we're all complete people, right? And so, you know, keep that in mind. Um, you know, uh, one thing talking with Bobby, uh, is he is, he does, I've seen him get frustrated, but he is, I would say a patient guy. He understands that sometimes people are not having good days and, um, his, his attitude shows. And I think that's some of the training you get through like jujitsu and, some of those other disciplines, uh, Jeffrey too, you know, Jeffrey's super level headed as a judge. You, you won't see him explode about somebody's response. You step away. I think goes, he, hey, it kind of had to be that way. Even with like in jujitsu, if you just blow yep. up like that, man, somebody's going to be there right there, right behind you to, yep. you know, tap you out and put you to sleep. <laughs> so, Hey, and I've been put to sleep before. So, well, I mean, it's pretty fun sometimes, but. <laughs> that that was you played the choking game not on purpose yeah yeah and <laughs> no, you know purpose. like uh have you ever been put to sleep there bobby no i've never no? i've been close i've been oh, I'm fighting i've i have a i have a strong ass neck man it's oh, hard to choke me know. it has to be tight and i you know and i i i have fought out of some chokes and mm -hmm. like tapped after and been like i should have tapped because i'm yeah. like so yeah <laughs> I, I think everybody before, should never... at least once. Everyone should at least <laughs> once get uh, get put to sleep. You know, first time that happened to me, it was in a triangle choke, and you know, I thought I was cool, I was good, I was good. Next thing you know, I'm on my back. You know, I'm, I'm like stars are just coming, and and uh, you know, I I I actually had a dream when I was uh, uh, in that uh, when when I was put to sleep, and I dreamt I was like in Disneyland. I had all this like uh air you know wind blowing through my hair but it was just one of the guys waving his gi top at me waiting like, you know, waiting for me to come back to come to but uh, you know it's it's one of the cool things so that's you know like you're saying doug you know you can't just be that guy that uh, flies off the handle because yep. you know one of one of these days you know it's just gonna come and, and bite you in the end and yep. you know you got to stay disciplined yep be level-headed yeah, and like I said, these are great guys. Um, if you guys need something done, remember Bobby's an artist. Um, when you go into his shop, you're not paying for the equipment and the materials that you're buying. That's not what you're buying when you go to his shop. His shop's very specialized. It's um, it, it you are paying for the hours and months and years it took him to learn the craft that he's doing. It may only take him 45 minutes an hour and a half to build that little pod. But he built that in 45 minutes because of the last 10 years of failing on those pods and spending three hours and 10 hours and 12 hours trying to make it right. It This stuff doesn't just magically happen. So remember that when you go to some of your uh, local car shops, you know, if, if you're going to a shop for a deck and two, 
yeah, that's what you're paying for. You're paying for a deck and two. If you're paying for a custom install or you're paying for someone's expertise, remember that you aren't just paying for that time. You're paying for the years of experience behind that time. So that's your auto mechanic. That's your yeah. car audio installer. That's you know all these people that are involved in your life. You're paying for their learning time too. So, um, you know, be thankful for those people that can do that stuff for you and can produce a product that you're happy to purchase. Um, if, if that price isn't right for you, then they're not the right person to be buying it from. And it won't hurt Bobby's feelings at all if you went up to him and just said, hey, you know, that's too expensive for me. I can't do it. Doesn't hurt Bobby's feelings at all. You know, that's he understands. But in the end of the day, you are paying for the experience and the life and learning curve that Bobby did get on that deal. So, um, yeah, I can, I can, I can build those damn things, but I, I can't buy one of my own either. So I get it <laughs> a lot. I'm like, it's a lot of money. I'm sorry. You spend $25,000, 30, 40, $50,000 to build a truck that it's going to ruin itself in a year. And then you're going to have to fix it all again and again. <laughs> yes, sir. So, all right, guys. Uh, once again, I'd like to thank you guys for coming. Check out uh, right below us, below me, below Jeffrey. Um, we have spots there. If we want to get some sponsors, we're willing to take on some sponsors. We can put together that for you guys. If you guys just want to uh, throw some tips to the host, you can get us at Sonic FX and dollar sign Sonic FX if that's what you guys want to do. We have the, that also in the description of the show. But once again, uh, Jeffrey will be there 23rd. We'll most likely see Bobby or some of his guys out at uh, Autorama. And um, if you guys have any questions or something you want to know, hit up Bobby Gately on uh, gatelyaudio.com. I'm sure there's an email on there, probably a phone number. Call his shop and see if he can't do what, uh, what you need to get done, especially if it's a specialized thing. Remember, he's got CNC and the laser cutter, so he can probably custom build something yeah. for you guys yeah. absolutely uh, if you're interested in having uh, door pods with uh, magnets so you don't see the fasteners Gately's got like I said once again he spent countless hours and time at you I mean he showed you the jigs that he's made and tested and all the different glues so remember you know, you're not just paying for the hour and a half or whatever it is that takes them to put that together. You're oh, yeah, gotta, just hit a button and an hour and a half later you got a door panel. Yeah. He's a kid. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but anyway, guys, hey, thanks for being here today. Uh, thank you for guys watching and tuning in. We appreciate you guys. Um, catch us next week, uh, Monday nights at 5.30 p.m. California time, the only time that really matters. And uh, hopefully we will see you guys again next week. See you later.